0: This is the Sunday Morning Message broadcast from Church of God Holiness in Dorado Springs. Starlight shines The night is still Shepherds walk I close my eyes and see the night when love was born. Perfect child gently wakes. A mother bends to kiss God's face. I close my eyes. See the night When love was whole THE WORLD WAS CHANGED FOREVERMORE WHEN LOVE WAS BORN THE WORLD WAS CHANGED FOREVERMORE WHEN LOVE WAS BORN
1: Let's pray. Father, thank you again for sending Jesus. And uh, as we uh, study your word, would you give us what we need? You know exactly what we all need. Meet us. Meet us at our point of need. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We've been in a series on Sunday mornings entitled Rediscovering Jesus. And I've really just... I guess probably it's because I need it. And uh, God has really been doing a work in my heart. And so uh, I've enjoyed just the digging, the studying. But uh, because of Christmas season, we're going to take a few weeks off. And uh, probably, Lord willing, pick up our series after the first of the year. In the meantime, for the next three weeks, we're going to look at three different Christmas carols that each week will kind of launch us or propel us into our study of the Word. However, before we begin this morning, I I need to make a confession to this church. And this is really hard for me because I've been living a life of hypocrisy and uh, I've been hiding a deep, dark secret for quite some time now. Um... Do I have your attention yet? Uh, But I feel like it's time for me to come clean with you. Uh, Here it is. As your pastor, I admit and confess that not only do I not like cats. uh, You know my thoughts. I believe that they're part of the satanic trinity. Um, But I also, and this is the confession that I have to make to you, I also... do not like Christmas carols, or at least most of them. Now, I like Christmas, but I do not like most Christmas carols. And and, and you can go ahead and call me Scrooge. In fact, why don't you get it out of your system? Well, on the count of three, just yell out Scrooge. One, two, three. Oh, that was pretty weak. Man, the early service, they really got after me. Okay. Uh, or you can call me Grinch or, or whatever, But but some of the reasons I don't care for most Christmas carols is because several of them, quite a few of them, are theologically incorrect. Plus, their tunes are really wacky. I mean, have you ever thought about it? Christmas carol tunes, a lot of them are just weird. And and then Christmas carols don't really inspire a spirit of worship. And I rarely see anybody get lost in the worship, you know, of Almighty God when we sing Christmas carols. And again, you can call me Scrooge, but that's the way I feel. And you know, as they say today, I just feel so much better just coming out of the closet on this matter. Just on this matter, okay? Uh, now, now don't worry, we're not going to quit singing Christmas carols around here because I know that if I did, I would lose my job. But just pray for me every Christmas season when Jim drags out the Christmas carols, Darren in the early service, that God would just give me a work of grace where I can deal with this issue in a mature way. However, after making that confession to you, I want to say that there are some exceptions There are some amazing Christmas songs that I do like and that are theologically sound and they've even got nice tunes and want to make you fall on your knees and worship Christ. You know, as I talk about this, there's somebody that hit me up after the early service. They were really mad at me. They said, okay, I need to know more about this. Well, I just told you all I'm going to tell you. Uh, But the song that will launch us into our lesson today is one of those Christmas songs that uh, that that is theologically correct. And down through the years, this amazing song has probably been my personal favorite and possibly even the favorite of much of the church world, and that is the song, O Holy Night. Let me give you a brief history of this song. The words to O Holy Night were penned in the mid-1800s. Uh, here's how it happened. There was a Catholic priest who asked a French merchant who was a gifted poet to write a poem based on the Luke chapter 2 Christmas story. The poet's name was Placide Capot. Now, the interesting thing about all, all of this is that Capot was not a follower of Jesus Christ, not, not close to being a, 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 a Christian, not a church goer. In fact, he was known around town as a hell raiser. I mean, he was a rebel rouser. But he was a good poet, so this priest asked him to write the poem. Well, the poem turned out so well that he asked a friend named Adolf Adam, who was also not a follower of Christ, to write music for the poem. And then in 1855, John Sullivan Dwight adapted Capot's original work, created the singing edition that we know today. The end result of this Three man project was a song that became so popular and ran wild through the Catholic church. And then it gained so much popularity and went into the Protestant church. But after this song became a big hit. It began to come to light that the men who had written and composed the song were very ungodly men. And so there was a move to shut this song out of the church. But by then the song had gained so much popularity that it was in the church to stay, and I'm glad it was. Now, another interesting fact about this song, about five decades after it had been written, in 1906, on Christmas Eve, a man by the name of Reginald Fessenden, who was a 33-year-old Canadian professor that lived in the Boston area, he did what had not been done up to this point. In his garage right outside of Boston, he put together a makeshift generator, rigged up a microphone, and broadcast the very first AM transmission in the history of the world. It was a broadcast that was designed to bring cheer to those who were on ships out at sea. And in that first ever broadcast, he spoke into the microphone and read Luke chapter 2, where it says, in those days... Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. And and, and he read on through the Christmas story. But then after that, he took his violin, played into the microphone the first song ever in the history of the world to be broadcast across the airwaves. And it was the song, O Holy Night. Let's worship as we hear this amazing song.
0: thrill of hope the weary world rejoices
1: thank you so much guys and can you only imagine what it would have been like to have been there on that holy night and you know sometimes today we picture the manger scene as a place that was calm and serene and there in that calm environment you had baby jesus and the virgin mary and and joseph and and of course the the, the christmas carol away in the manger says the cattle were lowing whatever lowing means And I actually looked it up in the dictionary, and it says that to low was a deep sound that a cow makes. So I still don't know, but I think I assume that to low is to moo. But anyway, our modern day concept of that manger scene is one that was calm and peaceful. However, I would venture to say that even though it was a holy night, it was probably far from being peaceful and serene. Here's what I imagine would be closer to the truth. You had a girl that could have still been in her teens that had been impregnated by the Holy Spirit. Now, even though the angel explained that concept, yet I'm quite sure that it still raised a lot of eyebrows. And people probably said, well, she got pregnant. How? Well, by the Holy Spirit. And you're right. You know, this is kind of off point, but it reminds me of the mom and not in this church, but in this area, her daughter had gotten pregnant by her boyfriend and and the daughter told and actually convinced her mom that even though she was pregnant, she was still a virgin. And it must have been one of those famous toilet seat incidents. And, and, and we probably don't need to spend any more time on theories there. But those of us that heard that story, we were probably like those who heard Mary's story. And, and they just kind of raised their eyebrows and tried to be polite. But anyway, there's Mary. And she had been traveling on the back of a donkey. And in fact, picture this nine months pregnant traveling between 80 to 120 miles on the back of a donkey. Now, when Faith was about ready to give birth to Erica, I took her to the hospital, not on a donkey, but on a Bronco. Actually, it was in a Bronco, a Ford Bronco, but... uh, And and actually, backing up a little bit from there, when when Faith was eight months pregnant, we were in, in the Andean mountains of Bolivia, and we spotted an ocelot, which would be like, similar to our bobcat, except it had a long tail. And it started running, and I wanted to try to keep up with it. So we took off four-wheeling in that bronco off-road, and, and our oldest daughter, Erica, ended up being born shortly after that. And um, she was born three weeks early, and that was probably the reason. But anyway, back to our lesson, can you imagine riding on the back of a donkey for about the distance of Eldreda Springs to Kansas City? and And after that long trip, Mary and Joseph come into a town and there's no room at the local inn. And so they go to what most likely was kind of a cave, a place where the animals would, would go to get some shelter in, in in bad weather. So understand that Mary is giving birth in, in the worst environment possible. We're, we're talking about unsterile. We're talking about cows that are lowing. We're talking about cow pies. There, there was probably no epidural for Mary, which realist, realistically meant that this young girl was probably crying out in pain. So instead of the calm atmosphere that we like to imagine, it was probably more like one of chaos as Mary gives birth to the Son of God. Now in this song, O Holy Night, there's a phrase, and I want to zero in on it. The song says, A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices. And if there are two words that accurately... Describe our world world today, I'd say it's weary world. I mean, there's so much anxiety over a thousand things. You know, every fourth person seems to be on disability. And every third person seems to have a serious disease. And every second person seems to have emotional and psychological problems. and, And every single person has been touched by family conflict and heartache. We can all relate to that phrase, the weary world. But what I love about this song is that it doesn't stop at a weary world. It goes on and says, there's a thrill of hope. In the chaos of this holy night, when when Jesus was born, there's a thrill of hope. And, and, and with that thrill of hope, what does the weary world do? The weary world rejoices. Now, for a few moments, I want to take you back to an Old Testament book that pastors rarely preach from, uh, the book of Lamentations. You can go ahead and be finding it. It may take you a little bit. And it's especially strange to go back to a book like this as we approach Christmas season. But while you're finding it, the background of Lamentations is that in the year of 586 B.C., Jerusalem fell and the people were distraught. Uh, the prophet Jeremiah was, was whining. He was lamenting. And did you ever wonder why the book was called Lamentations? Because Jeremiah, in the first two chapters, he was lamenting. It was his lamentation. But then in chapter 3, we see a switch, and and Jeremiah moves from lamenting to praising. Let's read Lamentations chapter 3, verse 19, and, and, and I'm going to kick things off in the New Living Translation, then I'm going to jump back to the NIV, but let's read, first of all, in the NLT, it goes like this, the thought of my suffering and homelessness is bitter beyond words. Try to catch the emotion here. I will never forget this awful time. As I grieve over my loss. But but then listen, in verse twenty one it says, Yet I still dare to hope when I remember this. And and the NIV actually says, I call to mind. So 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 the hope hope was not at the front of his mind. So he said, I'm going to call the hope and bring it to the front of my mind. In verse twenty two, the unfailing love of the Lord never ends. By his mercies we've been kept from complete destruction. Listen to this. Great is his faithfulness. Would you say amen to that? His mercies begin afresh each day. I say to myself, the Lord is my inheritance. Therefore, I will hope in him. So this morning, if you're experiencing darkness in a weary world, let let me give us three things that a new day with Christ brings. First of all, it brings us exactly what we need. Now, I I didn't say exactly what we want. Because what, what we want and what we need are sometimes different. Now, again, let's look at verse 24, and this time from the NIV. It says, I say to myself. Did you see that? He's talking to himself. I say to myself. And at the risk of having you put me in a place for people like this, sometimes you need to talk to yourself. Amen? I say to myself. Uh, by, by the way, how many of you talk to yourself? Just I want to see how many honest people we have here. I know you do, Joe. (laughs) No, and really, I I read that this was interesting this past week. Um, It was Friday, I think I actually read this, where 80% of Americans actually talk to themselves. 80%. And, and, you know, as we've always heard, it's okay to talk to yourself when you answer yourself. That's when we all get concerned. But but sometimes you need to talk to yourself and, and remind yourself of God's truth. So Je- Jeremiah says to himself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for him. Now, what does it mean when, when it says the Lord is my portion? Have you ever thought of that? Some scholars believe that this is most likely referring back to the time when the Israelites were wandering in the desert and and God would provide for them, remember, their daily portion of manna. and, And every day when they would wake up, it would be there. God would give them exactly enough food for that day. And if they ever tried to hoard it, remember, hold some over for the next day, it would rot. It was as if God were trying to teach them that they needed Him every single day. Just like in the New Testament when when Jesus taught us to pray. You know, give us this day what? Our daily bread. Which leads me to say this. You can't expect to get enough out of church on Sunday morning to last you all week. And even if I would be really good, and I'm not. But let's say that a miracle takes place and I would be really good. It's still not enough For the entire week. You need your daily portion of God's word. In fact, let me just stay here a minute. Since you're egging me on. (laughs) If you didn't read... If you weren't in the word every day this past week. You're malnourished. You're malnourished. I'm just saying it like it is. And, and, And I'm just sometimes amazed at how many of us as Christians... We're not into the word of God. And we think, well, I go to church and, you know, the pastor goes long enough. It ought to take care of me for a week. Um, You need your daily portion of God's word. Amen. And, and, And so Jeremiah said, I say to myself, the Lord is my daily portion. In other words, he will give me exactly what I need when I need it. And so the good news is that God is already in tomorrow, and He has everything you need for tomorrow. If your marriage is struggling, God is in tomorrow waiting for you, and He is what your marriage needs. If you're weak today, God is already in tomorrow, and His strength is made perfect in your weakness. If you're depressed today, listen to me, somebody needs this. If you're depressed today, God is already in your tomorrow. And He's your joy. If you're worried and stewing over something, God is already in tomorrow and He will be your peace. So a new day with Christ always brings exactly what you need. The second thing, and and I hope this really ministers to you, a new day with Christ gives us the hope to keep on going. Even during the night, you can still have hope. Now you may have to wait a while. But Lamentations 3.25 says this, The Lord is wonderfully good to those who wait for Him and seek Him. Did you catch that? He's good to those who wait. Now, from our perspective, waiting is wasted time. How many of you enjoy waiting at the traffic light? You know, here in Eldarado Springs, isn't traffic just horrendous? You know, Friday at 4.30, everybody's trying to, they've collected their paycheck and they're trying to get to the bank uh, before it closes. And, you know, sometimes you've got to wait 20 seconds at a a traffic light there. It's just, it is getting so bad here in Eldreda Springs. And then we go to the doctor's office and uh, what do we say? Boy, I wasted an hour and a half at the doctor's office. You know, waiting from our perspective is wasted time. From God's perspective, a wait doesn't mean God is late. You know, God may have an assignment for you while you wait. He may want you to witness to encourage someone else. He may take that opportunity while you wait to just refine you and teach you some patience. I love what Hebrews says in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. Without wavering, let us hold tightly to the hope. Get get that mental image there let us hold tightly to the hope we say we have for god can be trusted to keep his promise so so while we wait we're to hold tightly to the hope in jesus christ but i happen to believe that there are too many that are not holding on to hope rather they're holding on to the lies of satan but we need to let go of the fear we need to let go of the anxiety And yes, we need to let go of the stress. We need to let go of the panic. We need to let go of the doubts. We need to let go of the lies because a new day in Christ brings hope. To this day, I can't uh, seem to, uh, I can't seem to let go, get over the loss of a friend who surrendered hope. I mean, in, in the darkness of his night uh, of his night, and we still don't know what happened, maybe he panicked. maybe he was in pain, maybe he was afraid, but I can't get over the fact that my friend took his life. And if you could have just remembered what a difference a day with Christ can make, it could have changed everything. In fact, let, let me just stay here for a moment, because there's somebody who needs to hear this. Don't let go of the hope. Don't give up. Don't surrender. It may be dark for a while. But it's amazing what a new day in Christ can bring. And there's a weary world out there. But in the weariness, there's the thrill of hope. And a weary world can rejoice. Because a new day with Christ can change everything. You know, if I could get anything across to you. It's to hang on until morning. A new day with Christ gives us the hope to keep on going. Thirdly, a new day with Christ makes all the difference in the world. You know, Lazarus in the New Testament had been dead for four days. He was so dead that he was smelling bad. And the King James Version says it best, he stinketh. Four days dead. Everyone had given up hope. But Jesus shows up, looks into the grave, and says, Lazarus, come forth. Lazarus walks out. I know Lazarus would say this. He'd, he would say, it's amazing the difference that one day with Christ can make. There, there was a woman who for 12 years had been suffering with an issue of blood. What's an issue of blood? We, we don't know for sure, but probably it was an embarrassing blood issue that even today we wouldn't talk about publicly. For 12 years, can you imagine her pain, the inconvenience, the humiliation and One day she sees Jesus and and touches the hem of his garment. She's healed. She would tell you that one day with Christ can make a huge difference. Another man for for 38 years since birth had had been unable to walk. But one day he was at the pool of Bethesda. and, And Jesus came up and looked at him and said, pick up your mat and walk. And after 38 years of being unable to walk, this man walks, he would tell you, it's amazing the difference that one day with Christ can make. So some of you, you're in a weary world right now, but there's a thrill of hope that will make your weary world rejoice. And, you know, for some of you, you're, you're, you're sick or someone you love is sick and And whether or not God heals the way you think he should, it's amazing the difference one day in Christ can make. Some of you right now, you're in the middle of the night. There's crying. There's no epidural. The the, the baby's coming. The the cows are lowing. Life stinketh. But all of a sudden in the middle of this weary world, because Jesus was born, you have hope in the middle of the night. (laughs) A new day with Christ brings exactly what you need. It may not be exactly what you want, but it's what you need. A new day with Christ gives you the hope to keep on going. A new day with Christ will make all the difference in the world. You know, there's a there's a scripture that uh, I want to read that'll maybe help us try to land this land this plane. But it's a powerful scripture, Romans chapter thirteen, verse eleven. It says this. Another reason for right living is that you know how late it is time is running out did did you hear me time is running out wake up wake up why because the coming of our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed and it goes on and says the night is almost gone (laughs) the day of salvation will soon be here so don't live in darkness Get rid of your evil deeds, and then I, I love the, the 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 pictures presented here. Says, shed them like dirty clothes. Clothe yourselves with the armor of right living, as those who live in the light. So the night is almost gone; the day is almost here. That the night is almost gone; the day is almost here. Did you hear me? the, the night is almost gone; the day is almost here, and. You're nearer to your salvation than you were a day before. You know, what, what does this mean? Well, for some of you, I believe that means the salvation of your souls. And, and I believe that this is the season, this Christmas season, that there may be some people here that you have yet to commit your life to Christ. And, and I pray that this will be the season. You know, what really gets me about uh, about Oh Holy Night is that a non-Christian wrote it. What does that tell us? Here's what it tells us that you can know the story of Christmas without knowing the savior of Christmas. You know I could preach a complete separate message on that. I won't but but I I believe that there are a good number of churchgoers, this church and other churches that could write about the Christmas story that they know the account. They know what happened. But they don't know the savior. And so I would just ask you this morning, is that you? You you know the Christmas account. You know that Jesus came as a babe in a manger. But but do you know, do you know the Savior? For others of you, the phrase of being nearer to your salvation than you were a day before um, perhaps means that your darkness is despair and depression. But because the Son of God was born into this weary world, there's a thrill of hope and for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. And so this morning, you know, as we wrap things up in your weary world, you can rejoice. You can rejoice. And this morning as we pray for those of you that you have yet to commit your life to Christ and You know, you're in darkness, spiritual darkness. Today, I would just urge you to give your heart to Jesus. Give your heart to Jesus. But for those of you that maybe you're in darkness, and part of it is because your own making you straight away from God, you're not getting your daily portion from the Word. You're going to be in darkness, by the way. Maybe for you... uh, it's just a come back to Jesus moment. There may be others of you that you're despondent. You're, you're depressed. And, you know, whenever we take our eyes off of Jesus, you know what happens? We get depressed. And and I realize that there are medical issues as well. I'm not trying to just dumb everything down here. And I, I understand that. But I believe the foundation of having peace and joy in our hearts is to have our eyes on Jesus Christ, and so this morning, as we uh, as we leave this place, I want to pray for you, and I'm going to ask you to bow your heads first. And maybe there are some people here that would say, "I know all about that weary world. I, I'm in that weary world." Pastor, would you pray for me? Nobody looking. Anybody just lift a hand, and I know all about that weary world. Thank you. I see your hand. Anyone else? I see your hand and yours. Yes. Anybody else? pastor pray for me I see your hand thank you thank you I see your hand w- would you look at me before we pray everybody looking this way you know what if you raised your hand or if you have a need we're not going to force you to come forward but this is a safe place to where some brothers and sisters can gather around you and pray with you and pray for you I'm going to ask you to stand And everybody standing please and and if anybody wants to come right now, and this doesn't mean that you're a terrible person, this doesn't mean that you're a sinner, but you're just in a weary world and you need some relief. I want to give you just a few seconds to come forward and kneel here at the steps. You won't have to say anything. We don't embarrass you. But if there's anybody that would like to do that, maybe you don't have the courage to come by yourself and you would just grab the person by you and say, would you go with me and, and pray with me? Pray for me. If you want to just kneel here at the steps, good. we have a couple of guys that would just gather around this one right here that has come it's in a weary world is there anybody else you know God is speaking to you and you just sense that you want to pray just obey the Lord don't worry so much about who's coming just worry if God is speaking to you and just just obey is there anybody else that you'd like to come before we before we pray anybody else Lord, I want to thank you for your spirit here. Lord, thank you for just the fact that in a weary world, we can still rejoice. And God, you know the needs, you know the many hands that were raised that are going through just a, a weary world. Father, I pray that right now you would just meet them at their point of need. God for those that don't know you for those that maybe need salvation they haven't committed their life to Christ or for those that maybe have strayed away and they haven't had their daily portion and and so uh, they've just kind of wasted away spiritually I pray that today would be that moment where they come back to Jesus and then God for those that are weary life has taken its toll on them and there's depression, despondency discouragement I pray that they would be able to get their eyes back on Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray that they would be able to rejoice at the fact that Jesus is alive and a day with Christ can change everything. So, Lord, as we approach this Christmas season that sometimes is bittersweet, the bitterness is the hustle and the bustle, the parties, the financial pressures, schedule issues. But Lord, the sweet part is we know that this is a time whenever we can focus again on on Jesus. Lord, I pray that during this season that we would not forget Jesus. God, I pray that during this time there would be a commitment to you. Lord, I pray that there would be a commitment to each other. Lord, that we would find somebody that we could bless. Somebody that maybe doesn't have a lot maybe doesn't have a lot of friends, doesn't have family and they're lonely, I pray that we would bless them. Lord, most of all, I pray that during this time, during this season, we would just worship Jesus for who He is. Lord, we thank You. We praise You. We ask these favors in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And again, all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. And Let me just say before you leave, if if, if you have a need here this morning and maybe you didn't have the courage to come, but you'd like to talk with someone, find somebody you've got confidence in, staff member or whomever, and uh, just talk and just pray with them. Thank you so much for coming. You're dismissed. God bless you.
0: You've been listening to the Sunday morning message broadcast from Church of God Holiness in El Dorado Springs. Our messages are archived at www.eldochurch.com or to order compact discs or DVD videos of the messages, call the church at 417-876-2200. Thank you for listening.